0: Hello and welcome back to Aquarian Times. This is Julia, your host. And today is March 17th, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day. Hope you're wearing green or feeling green or um, <laughs> something green. And um, I've got my my green mojito chips here to celebrate. And it this is episode 28 so today i'm offering a conversation that i had with um, somatic educator and relationship uh, coach as well as a transformational guide padma gordon and she uh, just wrote a book called being together practical wisdom for loving yourself and your partner um, she's a she's an expert at sort of weaving the mind and the body back together and using relational tools and um, a lot of the research that she's done which happens to fall into the category of attachment theory so yeah if you are new to attachment theory i i welcome you and i i I welcome you and i say have a seat and you know clear out the rest of the clutter in your mind because this is it really does blow blow the mind when you start to realize how basically from our you know infancy to our to being in the womb how much um our our relational lives were have affect affect our relational lives today with the little being that we were back then the little energy being and um you know we grow up and we you know we become very we can become very analytical or you know just disconnected from our obviously that that small self that once existed and but that self is operating inside of us and basically leading the way um in our relationships and in all of our lives and if we don't understand um how that was formed then it and we have issues in our lives with say relationships of all kinds friendships um romantic relationships relationships with our parents etc with our coworkers, bosses etc um we may not understand what what's going on and so this is a wonderful conversation to give you a clue into some of the origins of of those issues hence my project 21 hidden root causes of disease which is um what we will be covering in this interview so i'll let i'll let you just go ahead and listen to the interview now and um you can find padma at um padmagordon.com that's correct um sorry, I'm looking that up just to make sorry, Padma. Yes, padmagordon.com. That's P-A-D-M-A-G-O-R-D-O-N. You can find her there and you can get in touch with her about working with her. And I really hope you enjoy this interview. I hope you learn a lot and feel free to reach out to me at JuliaBirnbaum.com um, for more information. All right, here we go into the episode. Um, Thanks, Padma, for being here.
1: Ah, <laughs> you're so welcome, Julia. I'm happy to support you.
0: Yeah. So um, I want to have you introduce yourself, but I... Um, yeah, let's have you go ahead and introduce yourself first, um, and then I'll talk a little bit about my project. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well, my name's Padma Gordon, and I am a... it's transformational guide and a relationship counselor and i also teach mindfulness so i weave together mindfulness and embodiment with the people that i'm working with and i'm also the author of a book called being together practical wisdom for loving yourself and your partner awesome so
0: here's your book your brand new book um <laughs> <in> a, <laughs> um yeah just came out a couple months ago so congratulations um yeah so i know you as yeah a, a coach and um a spiritual guide and um so i wanted you to help me with uh, explaining um uh, one two of my topics on my list of 21 hidden root causes of disease which is the topic of my book in my project I've been working on for a few months mm-hmm. and, um, two of the, it's 21 causes. So there's 21 points on the list and two of them are connected that, well, they're all connected, but, um, two, I wanted you to talk about specifically. So mm-hmm. the first one is, um, the idea of a lack of sense of self. And the second one is our inability to invest in ourselves. And I want to talk about where those come from and why they're, how they're connected and some kind of personal or, you know, um, examples of how they happen in real life. So, Mm -hmm. um, so first let's do that. Let's go into the first one, because I think the first one causes the second one and, um, I have my notes here. So I'm looking down, but, um, yeah. So if you could talk about what is a lack of sense of self, and how is it developed?
1: Well, our sense of self is developed very early on. Basically, in the first 18 months of life. And this takes us into the terrain of attachment theory. So attachment theory, just very, attachment theory simplified, is who you are and how you experience yourself, your sense of self, how, how you form your core identity around which you organize the whole rest of your life is based on how you were tended to in the earliest years of your life by a primary caregiver. So it means that you were picked up when you cried. It means that you were responded to. It means you were held until you were soothed. It means that these things came to you, that you received these things um, at least, and this is somewhat surprising, 30% of the time. That is really all it takes to form what is called a secure attachment. And there are four attachment styles. Um, One of them is, so there's secure, securely attached, which means you got, tended to, then there's anxious, um, avoidant, and then there's disorganized, which means you you missed out a lot. I mean, do you want me to go into, sort of summarize the attachment styles? Would that be useful?
0: Um, Probably, because I don't think a lot of people are familiar. So maybe just a a few sentences about each.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, securely attached people had a parent who responded to them. They grew up in a family where their needs were considered, the needs of the whole group were considered. They were, um, yeah, they they were really well taken care of and acknowledged as, a, uh, as an important being that existed in the family system. So just that in a nutshell. Then you get people who have an anxious attachment style. And an anxious attachment style means that you had periodic attention, that maybe somebody was, was tending to you when you were a baby, but they were really distracted. They were distracted, they were terrified, there could be all kinds of reasons for that. There was somebody who was dangerous in the household, and so they, their nervous system was really on red alert. And so, because what, what it is, as a baby, you're doing, and I'm bringing another piece, which is called co-regulation. You're getting to um, co-regulate or attune to or be held in someone else's, an adult uh, nervous system. So your nervous system regulates with their nervous system which is so settling and so relaxing. And it actually, you're, you're, um, you're getting their mirror neurons. You're, you're contacting their system and they're contacting yours in a loving way. So anxious, people who have an anxious attachment style will, um, they're just worried someone's always gonna leave. There's a big fear of abandonment because somebody did leave probably multiple zillion times in their early childhood. Yeah. So then you have avoidant. And avoidant people um, were also not tended to as much as they needed to be, <clears throat> to kind of relax and come to that essential place of security, internal security, internal self, sense of self. And they were probably, they were either smothered or they were just like really ignored. Their parents were so busy, it's it's they, they just, they just didn't, really didn't get what they needed. Um, and those people will tend to be very like self-sufficient. Right. They don't need anybody.
0: Sorry to interrupt, but I just want to clarify because you said something about being smothered, but that's not gonna lead to an avoidance style, right?
1: Well, sometimes it's too much and sometimes it's just not enough. Okay, so because, they- then, because then they withdraw from the feeling of too much, you're in my space. They've been so invaded. That then, um, when they're older and they're in a relationship, they can only take so much intimacy and so much connection, which is why it makes it very difficult, unless you don't have a lot of um, need for intimacy, to be a partner of somebody who has an avoidant attachment style. Like, somebody who has an avoidant attachment style would probably be really happy to have a house down the road <laughs> from you and not live with you and maybe just see you, you know, for dinners or. You know, it's just, they don't need as much. And in fact, they feel encroached upon, easily encroached upon. Okay. Um, then there's disorganized attachment style, which kind of has elements of, um, of, of, of avoidant and anxious. And very often people with a disorganized attachment style will have experienced um, anywhere from like moderate to severe trauma yeah. as, as babies, as, as very young children. Um, so they kind of might vacillate between, between avoidant and, and anxious and have, um, and, and really with all of with anxious, avoidant, and disorganized, the sense of self is not solid. Mm-hmm. You know, it is not solid because they didn't get that because in a way that contact, that presence, that um, steady attention as a very young child actually is like making deposits into the account of your own self-identity and you can feel oh I matter because here's this person and they're just with me you know I have a need they take care of it like pretty quickly so um mm. so yeah that seems like sort of a very in you know, a little bit of paint a little bit of a picture quite if you have questions or yeah. clarifications.
0: I just wanted to bring in the word boundaries because mm. that's what de- that's what develops our energetic boundaries, right? Yeah. As, as a baby we're just energy. So right. We, right. So then we either become like kind of porous or really rigid depending on our attachment style.
1: Correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes, and and I would say like avoidant people have pretty cl- strong boundaries usually. Now boundaries, I just wanna say, are very healthy to have. If you're a healthy person, you have a sense of boundary. You have a sense of what, what's a yes for you and what is a no for you. There's a self-referential um, check-in place. You know, you're, you can trust your inner compass and you know when you need to have a boundary. Otherwise, you're right. I mean, there can, you can just be kind of blown open and, and anxious people are are grasping. They just need more, need more, need more, and want to always like check in. Are you still there? Are you still there? Are you still there? Because they didn't have that. Now I just also don't want to romanticize um, securely attached people because they still have they still have issues. It's just that I feel like the um, the waves t- will tend to be smaller. The emotional they they're probably more just like emotionally stable kind of more settled in themselves than the other three. And the, and the other piece that is interesting and that I mentioned also in my book, as you know, is that depending as an adult, depending upon who you're in relationship with, your attachment style can actually change. So yeah. there's healing that, that happens throughout the life. Um, and just to, to bridge that, how you, um, you're, Attachment style, the formative elements of that get transposed onto one's adult relationships, so you're relating from that attachment style, and generally we'll pick somebody that's going to, that's probably going to be challenging. Most of us pick people that are are challenging until we don't. And also, P.S., all of this can be worked with when we are coming from a place of deep connection to our heart and to source, and we bring mindful awareness to the process.
0: Totally, beautiful. And usually that capacity develops when you heal, because you don't have a capacity for that kind of mindful awareness until you're less fragmented.
1: That's right. As you're on the healing journey, it's very hard to have that kind of mindful awareness coming from a fragmented um place yeah. of not really having a sense of who you are yeah. and where to go to contact that um essence of self that gets formed so early on sure
0: very deep stuff
1: <laughs> very deep stuff just, just tapped it lightly
0: just barely yeah so yeah thank you for that introduction it, it, it's a good Uh, framework to set the stage for the rest of our questions here um so um i just wondered if you could since we talked about theory kind of can you can you give an example like how this shows up in a client's life or or your personal experience around lack of sense of self in case this is like an abstract concept still for people Mm -hmm. listening um Mm -hmm. how would it look
1: um well, I can think of um, a particular client who has had a, a lot of trauma, and for that person, this, uh, this gentleman, um, it's it's kind of like how do how do I want to put it? It's like when there's um, there's just nowhere for anything to like. There's nowhere for you to rest into or kind of sink your teeth into mm-hmm. so if a person really doesn't have a sense of self internally they're probably well this client for instance um has his his um awareness there's a hypervigilance and he is pretty much constantly looking outside because there's there's really like there's no there's uh no he's not self-referential because mm-hmm. there's no self to reference so for example, he does, um, he's, he's an artist and people con- contract him to do various art pieces for their homes. And it's like, he's doing the work. He doesn't really get satisfaction. He just kind of over, there's an override and there's a doing of the work for someone else. Like basically I don't exist except in relation to you because i don't know who i am and i'm not connected to myself and this also i just want to say will very often come about in in this kind of uh extreme when a person has had one or two kind of narcissistic parents because then that's all about you don't don't exist except in relation to me so this he's traveled with this throughout his life and it's very hard for him to know, well, what should I do for me? Like, there's no question. So then this, this element of self-care, it's not even on his radar because I don't, there's no one, to, like, why should I take care of myself? I mean, I've worked with him over time to get him to remember to eat, to basic, basic self-care, remember to eat, take a shower, um, take a walk, like really just sort of foundational self-care doesn't exist because he doesn't exist except in relation to someone else, and so we we're, we're, we've worked with that over time to for him to begin to have experiences of himself and to recognize. And then and then also what happens is he gets very um, just, he becomes very despondent sometimes mm-hmm. because then ultimately it's like why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this? I'm just on a on a hamster wheel, yeah. right? And there's nothing getting filled up. Because when we have a sense of self, we do things. And so if I take myself, for example, or people around me that are relatively healthy, like, I know that I'm going to exercise and eat and meditate and shower and do all these things. Because I I recognize that there's someone in here that is calling for that. And it's not all about everyone on the outside world. So.
0: Right. I wanted to also bring this back to since um, again my project is twenty one hidden root causes of disease. So, Mm -hmm. if you have this dilemma of lack of sense of self, how can it show up as how can illness be the
1: result? Oh, it's so often as a result. So often. I mean, illness is a result a because you're not taking care of yourself because you don't even it doesn't even occur to you, and most many people with that kind of essential sense of self will spend a ton of time in their heads and if you're in your head you're disconnected from your heart you're disconnected from your body so you won't even listen Um, also there's a there's a foundational um, dysregulation of the nervous system which is running a lot of and then so that the body becomes very stressed and as we know stress creates inflammation inflammation leads to disease Um, and so I, I really feel like this is there's, I I can see that with this particular client who is a fairly, um, extreme case of, of this. Um, so I, I just think it really has to do with, um, your relationship to yourself and the nervous system, because also when you're in yourself, the nervous system begins to settle. And so there's a regular, um, kind of balancing and coming to a sense of, of neutral, a sense of peace mm-hmm. that is very, um, that creates a sustainable way of being in oneself, in one's body and in relation to the world. Otherwise we can just get panicked. We go into the mind and there's, there can be a lot of fear and a lot of overdrive and a lot of scrambling and that I think, where you were mentioning the fragmentation, it's it's very fragmenting to live solely in this upper corridor of our, um, you know, of ourselves, which is this the mind,
0: right? Especially when it's not a safe place to be. <laughs>
1: Anyways, that's that's right, exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> not a safe place. Not an
0: organized and safe
1: place. No, it's not an organized and safe place.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So, gosh. Um, all right. I kind of want to move us along sort of into our next topic. So we're about halfway in here. Um, and so we, we understand the lack of sense of self as best as we have today, talked about it. And I want to talk about the, the inability to invest in ourself. So, um, I, I cite that as a cause of disease because it's a self-worth issue and if you can't invest in yourself you can't you can't get help you can't get the help you need because it's you it's usually like i don't have money i can't afford it or like literally you don't mm-hmm. but there's obviously mm-hmm. always a route to why you would not have why you would have those poverty issues you know and that's a self-worth issue
1: mm-hmm.
0: at its core <clears throat> so can you tell me how um yeah, more about how having a lack of sense of self can develop issues of self. Why would self-worth issues be a result of having a lack of sense of self? We kind of went over that, but maybe- We did
1: touch on it a little bit, but I mean, if I think about another uh, person I know, it's like it, also when you have a lack of sense of self, it's so tied to a lack of self-worth because there is no self to- to give value to. And so there's often an inability, as you said, to ask for help. And even if you do ask for, for help, there can be an inability to receive it, to really let it in. Because for, to receive something, there has to be a, a receptacle <laughs> for the, the, the love, the help, the energy to go into. So it, it's like, you know, your boat has a, a big hole and so you can pour all the, you know, all the goodness into it. You can, you know, it's just going to keep going out or it. it's rather your bucket, you know? So, um, and I'm thinking of, of someone else I know who, um, it's, it. I feel like lack of self-worth also a lack of self leads to lack of self-worth leads to lack of ability to follow through. I can't follow through because, because I, I, will just, go full steam. But ultimately, what makes us follow through is that I know that what I'm bringing through or what I'm working on has some some value. And I believe in myself, right? Because in order to really move in the world in an effective way and get paid for your gifts, because it's not that these people or that we all do not have gifts because we do. but we have to stand in our gifts. And it's very hard to stand in one's gifts when there's this. It's almost like there's a um, there's a big there's like a there's a big hole inside. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about something that has a big, it's like it's it's not very stable because there's a big gap inside. Whereas when you have a sense of self and a deep sense of self, like really fathoms deep, it's almost like you just have a steady. You have a steady center line, we call it. But if you think about it, it's like if you took your spine out of your body, it would be really floppy. It would be really hard to stand up. <laughs> so, so if you have your spine and you're really residing in the center of yourself, because you value yourself, you're gonna, it's going to be a lot easier to manifest, to engage, to follow through. Otherwise, we, we have an idea. We go for it for a while, but then we just jump off people end up just like quitting on themselves over and over and then running the old tapes of um you know the inner critic goes wild the self-doubt goes wild and that's where you're talking about it's it's very disorganized and um and scary up here because actually there is no safety in your mind there's only safety deep inside
0: right If, if you can access that yes yeah Wow, okay. Um thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Um so again, more specifically, since, since you know, my whole project is somebody has illness issues and they they don't even know where to begin to figure out what what's wrong with them. Hmm. If they suddenly went, oh, I have a self-worth issue how could that help them unravel their health issue?
1: Mm. You know, Um, how could it help them unravel their health issue? Well, I think that, that that's sort of like, there's an underlying cause. I mean, I'm sort of just to me, it feels like when I'm in alignment with myself, when I'm feeling, worthy when I'm feeling good, that's sending certain signals to my whole body. And I mean, if I think about say this, this gentleman, again, I'll ask him, what have you eaten today? You know, he's in, he's, I'm meeting with him and I'll ask him what he's eaten. And it's like 2.30 and he says he hasn't eaten anything. So we want to, um, when we feel that we have some worth, we know that actually out like it's a, it's a, um, it's an orientation. And yeah, this is what I want to speak to. There's an orientation where some of our light is shining inside all the time that eventually, because otherwise, if you get 90% of your light or 90% or even a hundred percent of your attention shining out, you, there's no nourishment, everything's going out. So when, when you identify, oh, I have a self-worth issue. And then you start to begin to unpack that. Then there's actually a possibility of making some deposits into that account, which then gives rise to, oh yeah, I do have to do that project for someone else, and I'm not gonna do it until I eat breakfast. And we begin to make different choices. We begin to self-advocate We begin to um insist you know really just back ourselves up in a major way Mm -hmm. so the self-worth is is so crucial because otherwise you're just gonna you'll you just ignore yourself because you're so busy kind of scrambling to get something from the outside that you just completely miss yourself right so this is where practice comes in meditative practice yoga practice time in nature, time on the earth, things that return us to ourselves mm-hmm. internally and physically, both. Right, um,
0: oh, I just brought up something I was gonna ask you, now it's slipping my mind. Um, oh yeah, I, I wanted to um, you know, just loop back to when we talked about narcissism and we didn't mention the word codependency, Mm-hmm. and that's what you're describing is mm-hmm. you know when someone is completely like it's all, it's have it's like a rescue savior complex too mm-hmm. it's like i'm going to take care of everybody else and mm-hmm. you know put their life masks on for them way before you know mm-hmm. i have mm-hmm. mine on and mm-hmm. that causes illness and symptoms mm-hmm. for hopefully obvious reasons you know um mm-hmm. you know you're you're, yeah, you're not going to be able to survive um, if you aren't taking care of your own needs. And if That's you don't right. have a sense that you have needs, like, this is why I just like to ravel it back to this, like, mm-hmm. oh my yes. gosh, how important discovering this is.
1: So important.
0: Yeah. Cause until you do, I mean, you could be halfway through your life or I don't know how, how old is your client, this artist?
1: Uh, this artist is, I, he's 60.
0: Yeah. 60 mm-hmm. years old and not have a clue, Yep. have needs.
1: That's right. You have to really land in that you have needs and then prioritize your own needs and prioritize your own needs. Um, Prioritizing your own needs is not selfish. I just wanna say that. It's really important to recognize that it's not selfish. It's self-loving. And actually, when you prioritize your own need, when you put your own air mask on first, then you can actually attend to others. Right. And, and if you ignore yourself, you know, your body's going to take the hit. Your body's going to take the hit. Your mind's going to take the hit. Your heart's going to take the hit. And you're going to... I've seen it. I've seen it with this particular gentleman, how he is body has just been um, and actually with it I can think of another person who also doesn't is um, has a lot of fragmentation and really doesn't have a, a sense of self and she was a very young she was in her 20s yeah. and she was having these just innumerable um, physical issues yeah because she wasn't really on board to take care of herself because if you don't have a sense of yourself, a sense of self love, a sense of self-worth, everything else is gonna go sideways. You're just not really gonna be nothing's you you won't be able to stick to sustain a life. And you'll be kind of constantly scrambling and then like coming up for air and then collapsing and um and getting sick most likely as you're pointing to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, we're talking about, um, you know, whole body sick, not just physical issues, how how Mm -hmm. the physical and the mental and the emotional and the spiritual is all causing um, the manifestation of um, poor health and symptoms and inability to function or be optimal or
1: Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes inability to really function except at a really basic level. And, and also I want to say that, that when we don't have a sense of self, it also makes it incredibly hard to have relationships and really like intimate relationships or even friendships sometimes, but definitely intimate relationships because you will then end up attracting people who are not healthy and will not actually be able to, um, meet you in a loving way. So that'll then, um, Kind of reignite a codependent cycle in relationship as an adult, which very often happens. Right,
0: and what I would say is that confuses people further down the rabbit hole. What's wrong outside of me? Because it seems like your life is falling apart. So it must be your partner, or it must be something else that's causing this problem. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I've been very um, you know, as a middle-aged person now myself, you know, <laughs> noticing that that's, mm-hmm. that's what happens is later in life, if if these things aren't healed, then the families get developed with these issues that create the kids with the same issues.
1: That's right.
0: right? I mean, we just keep passing it forward.
1: Exactly. Um, We're just repeating dysfunctional patterns. And so when you show up and you, you somehow through grace... <laughs> are able to realize that you you are worthy at least you have a glimpse of that you get a taste of that and then you get support for um, growing into that and trusting that then there is a chance i mean with this gentleman even even though it's his life is is really a struggle for me as someone who's known him for a good amount of time i'm still holding that he that he is healing that's beautiful. you know that Seeing, seeing people on thank you, seeing people in their wholeness, and yeah. knowing that it's possible. It's possible for anybody, no matter how you know, wounded or how much was missed. And I also want to say that you can heal this. You don't need to do it with your parents or with your caregiver. It's great if you can, but most often you can't. They, yeah. they weren't able to earlier on. They're probably not able to yeah. do it now unless they've had some massive. Um, Transformation, which they may have, and you can you can do this work with a skilled practitioner, and you also can heal in a healthy, committed relationship. Adult, I want to say, monogamous relationship for for safety and security. You know, having that healing those attachment wounds is is possible.
0: Yay! I think that is a great place to to end our talk, our interview today because, um, th- just on that, 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 note of hope mm-hmm. in a circle into why yeah. we're doing all, any of us are doing healing work and, you know, help in, in these professions is that we want, we want it to be known that healing is possible. <laughs> yes,
1: absolutely. Yep, yeah, I think you're, that's a good place to pause.
0: Yeah. So thank you again very much. Mm-hmm. And I you're really, welcome. I think a lot of good information today and, so, uh, Yeah. So, so enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Wonderful. (laughs) Good job, Julia. Thank you. All
0: right. I'm going to turn off the recording and thanks again. (laughs) Okay. Welcome.